Hey y'all, welcome to the Moving with Millennials podcast with your favorite millennial realtors. We are four top producing agents in the DFW area and we are ready to share the good, bad, and the real life of real estate. Whether you're thinking about getting into real estate, already an agent, or just curious about what your agent really does, join us. Tune in every Wednesday to see what it's really like to be on this side of the transaction. Hey y'all, welcome to this week's episode of Moving with Millennials. We have a special guest for you today. Um, I'm going to introduce him here in a minute, but today's topic is going to be all about the spooky side of real estate, which is right now a hot topic is, <laughs> is interest rates. And right. so we brought in a lender of ours, because who better to talk to about interest rates than a lender? So I want to introduce you to Daniel Anderson. Um, Daniel, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us who, what company you're with and a little bit about you. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, my name is Daniel Anderson. I'm with Integrity Mortgage. First off, thanks for having me on this morning. Of course. Um, grew up kind of uh, in Georgetown, just north of Austin. I've mm-hmm. um, been in the DFW area, though, for about 15 years. Uh, love pretty much everything outdoors. And um, yeah. And yeah, and I'm in the industry for about 10 years now. Yeah. You and um, Jordan, which Jordan is another agent at our market center. Mm-hmm. It's That's his wife. You guys do a lot of uh, disc, uh, what is it, the disc, disc golf? golf. Yep. Yeah. Got, yeah, we kind of got oh, into yeah. that recently. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's been new for me. Um, and yeah, I love it. It's, it kind of just picked it up randomly. Yeah. And um, yeah. I no, have a basket love- in my backyard now. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just it's such like, it's not like a random sport, but it's such like no one really does disc golf. Yeah. But I see you guys yep. do it all the time in your stories. And yeah. I'm like, that's yeah. such a cool little hobby. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Well, thank you for coming on with us. Um, so thank you again. Um, so let's Pause. talk about... I'm yes. interrupt you. Just to let listeners know, you will not hear Maggie or Brandy's voice today. Oh, yes. We are still in kind of like the craziness of the season. We're, in order to keep things moving forward, you may hear some episodes where there just may be one of us, two of us, three of us, whatever it may be. Um, but of course, we miss them and we'll see them soon. Yeah. And you may hear a baby in the background too because yes. I have Chandler with me today. <laughs> special but, guest Chandler. Yeah. But she's just chilling in her car seat, so she's good. Okay. So let's talk about the spooky stuff. Let's talk about interest rates. So what do you, what are you seeing over, I guess the last two years, I've been kind of more of the hot topic with interest rates. What have you seen over the last two years happening with rates and compared to what you're seeing in today's market? Well, I mean, obviously in COVID times they they hit an all time low, um, basically. So if you want me to kind of go back a little bit further, yes. Nothing's, we don't really need to be too freaked out. Everyone's freaking out about yeah. these rates right now. But honestly, the sevens where we're at right now and the high sixes, like if you go back in time, early 2000s, just, you know, 20 years ago, 2001, 2003, kind of in that time frame, we were looking at those exact same rates then. No one was even concerned or blinking an eye. We've kind of all got fixated and used to these just ridiculously low rates for mm-hmm. the past couple of years that now we're kind of freaking out when we're seeing it just kind of go back up to what it's been historically for years. Um, you know, obviously in the Carter times, you know, in late eighties, it was like, you know, 16, 18%. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that was really crazy. Um, but obviously, yeah, you know, it's basically, we saw sevens and sixes and stuff like that early two thousands. And then, you know, you had Oh eight happen. And then after Mm -hmm. 08, it kind of dropped a little bit into, you know, the fives or so after the crash. And then uh, basically in kind of 2019 is when we kind of saw it dip down a little bit more, even into, Mm -hmm. you know, the the threes. Uh, Before that, it was kind of in the fours a little bit. Uh, And then COVID happened, obviously bottomed out, went into the twos. The reason why that happened is because they were using that to stimulate the economy. So when COVID happened, they needed, yeah, economy to keep moving. So they dropped rates even more, keep everything going. And then now obviously... We're dealing with inflation and everything. So to combat that, 
Yeah. We're seeing a spike, you know, obviously in rates, but really nothing to be concerned about. Right? Yeah. I think, too, the important thing to, like, really take away from that is that the twos and threes were artificial. They were yeah. not a natural result Absolutely. of our economy. They were something that were artificially done in order to help the economy along. Absolutely. Just like, in a way, the high sixes and sevens that we have right now are also artificial, like you said, mm-hmm. to combat inflation. Yep. So we're not really back at a normal. We weren't at a normal number during COVID, yeah. and we're not really at, like what our baseline should be back at right now because, again, we're battling inflation. So right. we're that's really still... It still hasn't yeah. even stabilized. Right. right, yeah. So we're not at our... We're not at like where we'll be yeah. for a while. We're mm-hmm. still battling inflation. Yeah, which I don't think I said it, but the name of this uh, podcast is actually Don't Be Spooked by the Interest Rates because <laughs> we don't want people, and that's why we wanted yeah. to bring you on, is really everyone is spooked out by them thinking, oh my gosh, they're high, when reality, like you said... If we look at the previous historic years, we're right where we kind of in a yeah, normal we've seen frit. This yeah, of times. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think I think what's spooked people actually probably the most is how quickly they change. Yeah, absolutely. Because if we were back in 2019, I do remember they were like probably like at the fours. I had some maybe clients closing mm-hmm. around five or so. Yeah. If they would have gradually over the next couple of years gone up to the sixth range, we wouldn't have been so spooked by it. Yeah. But because it dropped, it went from a two percent rate which feels like overnight yeah. yeah we basically just kind of got used to these historic lows right yeah. you know and and we kind of yeah 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 so and then let's talk about the 2008 fiasco be- only because if you if you know a little bit about it just because i feel like that's what people are worried about with the rates too is like the market's gonna crash and yeah. I, you know jake and i and baggy and uh, brandy we've all taught we've had other podcasts where we talk about you know, the market and all that kind of stuff. And we don't think it's going to crash. Um, industry people don't think it's going to crash. Economists don't think it's going to crash. Nowhere in there is it, um, are people saying crash other than probably the media, yeah. you know, spooking people. Um, mm-hmm. And so with the rates where they're at, I mean, how do you see that affecting our market? No, I definitely don't see a crash in the market. Everyone is predicting that crash. I definitely don't see it. Um, you know, if you were to go buy... You know, a couple of years ago, you could have bought a house, you know, for 300000 And if you were going to go try to buy that house now and it's, you know, 450000 and then all of a sudden, you know, like the, the sellers and the real estate agents are like, well, okay, we're not getting anything. Maybe we should drop the price a little bit. Maybe we should, you know, drop to like 440 or 430 Some might say, you know, they're waiting for that. Well, that's not a crash. Right. It's no, still correction. a significant yeah increase in your property value and everything like that that's just a correction as you just mentioned yeah so that's not like that word correction yeah Yeah. and that really is yeah i mean not interest rates aside i i agree with you because even when the market did crash and i remind people when they you know come at me with that objective when the market did crash in 2008 prices Mm -hmm. dropped probably about 30 percent on average which is not, I mean, you go back 30% from where our prices are at today, we're still a little ahead of pre-COVID pricing. Correct. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, worst case scenario, you're still fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Cool. And then I know no one can really predict like what will happen with the rates, but what are you hearing or what do you think like where we're headed like with the current rates? So currently right now, I'm hearing and, and from a lot of experts in the industry I'm actually hearing some really good news, some promising news. Um, we're kind of going through this this last quarter right now is about as tough as it's going to get is what a lot of everyone is speculating. We're actually speculating that literally like as soon as first quarter to even second quarter of next year of 2023, we're going to start to see everything start to correct 
and to kind of start drop back down a little bit. And we might be seeing, you know, fives by March of 2023. Okay. You know, so really we just kind of, you know, right now this is nothing really to be worried about. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to be right back on track and kind of that that market's going to stabilize here shortly. Perfect. So So what kind of conversations are you having with clients then if they're like, well, if the market, should we wait basically until March when they think the rates are going to go down or should we go ahead? You know what I'm saying? Like any, any time you can buy, anytime you're ready to buy, buy, because the whole point is, you know, you got to get your foot in the door. You got to start building that equity, you know, and if you wait, you're just doing what everybody else is doing. Like right now would be perfect in my opinion because you don't have the competition mm, going up right. with 30, 40 offers, 20 right. offers. So if you can get in now, you know, against like one or two or three or five offers, you got a much better chance of getting in now if you can. And then just refinance, you know, next year. But you got that dream house that you wanted and you've already been building that equity for, you know, a year or a couple months or so. Right. That's a really solid yeah. point because when rates – if they drop back into fours, yeah. all those people that we had that left just gonna that rush. were They're stopped looking, mm-hmm. yeah. it's going to be like a gold rush kind of deal again. And you are suddenly going to be competing against lots of multiple offers. And whereas like right now, yeah, you may have that higher rate, but you're going to have more of a negotiation power right now. I mean, right. like listings, I mean, I had one that just did multiple offers the other day, but in reality, a lot of the listings, you know, you're going to be able to get, you know, maybe some closing costs or you're going to be able to mm-hmm. negotiate price or you're going to get, you know, just other terms that are going to be able to be more so in your favor as a buyer. Whereas if you wait, yeah, you may have a lower rate later, but you're going to be competing and maybe not be able to negotiate. Right. So it does make sense to kind of get your, like you said, buy it whenever you can afford to. And then if a more favorable rate does come down the line, yeah. then you can always refinance because you already purchased yeah. with a better negotiation power. Yeah, absolutely. And Daniel, I want to get your thoughts on this, but one of the things that Jake brought up one time, um, kind of a strategy that he's um, going with because people were having to pay like 50,000. I mean, I had someone pay a hundred thousand over appraisal (laughs) in the crazy market. Well, you know, obviously we're not up against these multiple offers anymore. So what they could be doing is instead of paying a hundred thousand dollars over asking, they could be using that money to buy down the rates. Um, And so I kind of wanted to see what you thought on that kind of strategy that buyers could be doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We actually just implemented a new program. It's called a two one buy down program. Uh, So essentially, you know, let's say if a house is five hundred thousand dollars. Well, instead of going in there and offering, you know, 480 or 490, just a little bit below listing price, you can go into the seller and be like, hey, I'm going to give you that full 500000 but go ahead and give me a $10,000 in seller concessions. And essentially what they're going to do is they're going to pay for you to buy down that rate. Right. And the 2-1 buy-down program, the really cool thing about it is, is it basically kind of, it's kind of like an escrow account in a sense. So when they give you that $10,000, it'll go into a separate account. And basically, every single month when you make your payment, you actually get, so let's say if the rate was at 7% today, you would actually get a rate around like five, five and a half, which is phenomenal. People would be right. like jaws dropping right. you know, over this. And what it does is that extra money will go into this account and then it'll pay, the bank will essentially, it's kind of like a service, they'll pay out the additional uh, little bit every month of what, what the payment should be right now. And then, so then next year, and they do this for three years. So then basically the first two years you get the, or the first year, or the, let me, ref, let me refract, uh, track here. So the very first year you'd get two points below. Yeah. And they would be paying the difference. The second year would get one point below and they'd be paying a little bit less, you know, a little bit less obviously, but they'd be paying that difference still. And then the third year you'd be have, you're back at your fixed rate essentially, yep. which would be like the 7%. But by then, you know, we're already speculating rates will be, you yeah, you'll be, right. you should be able to yeah. refi before even then. Right. And the cool thing about that is you didn't even have to pay 
to buy down that point or anything right. like that. So it's kind of a win all around. Yeah. And the sellers still get a great deal in their house as well. Um, and maybe you said this and I dismissed it, but you said the seller ha- has to pay that. Yeah, right? it can't be the buyer. So You've it can be it that. could be the lender, the the seller, or the real estate agent. You know, it could be right. all of the seller. You can split it all up as long as it's just not right. the, buyer. Just well, the buyer. And I was thinking that because that actually may be a good strategy for sellers right now to Absolutely. offer something like mm-hmm. this for their client or for their buyer. Absolutely. Because sellers are having a little bit harder time to sell right now. Absolutely. It is yes and no. I think as long as you as a listing agent can affect communicate that to a buyer's agent because we actually right. did that on one of my listings and so many of the buyer's agents were like well I, that doesn't I don't really know much of a difference that's going to make for a client and I'm like understand. well call my lender you know it's like yeah. talk to your lender call my lender like however whatever language I need to put this in for you that you can understand it I think so many buyer's agents or a- agents in general because that's a new thing that we haven't really dealt with before right. so many haven't really had the chance to be educated on it just yet yeah so if yeah. you're going to use it as a um Kind of like a marketing thing. I think you should probably show actual numbers as examples. Whereas like current average rate is this. If you bought your rate down to this, this is the difference of payment it would be. Yeah. You know, it's like if we offered this amount of money, it would get your rate down to this. That's a great point. So I think you have to like put it in real numbers. Absolutely. Um, Go ahead, Jay. Um, I just was going to ask, so we're talking a lot about rates. So where, as a lender, like where or what sites do you use to kind of like look at the rates? All right. So basically... um, I've got a, obviously like a platform where I can go in there and I can see. So basically I'm a correspondent, okay, which is basically a hybrid between a a bank and a broker. So we can fund our own loans and such like that. We have our own, you know, line of warehouse. We have our own money, but we're a broker in the sense that we can shop around. So I've got a, basically a list of investors and a, a portal I can go into where I can see about 30 different investors immediately um, and I can kind of go through and see where everyone's at. Um, but obviously not everyone can see that. Right. I can only see that. So for a lot of my clients, if, if they're hearing, you know, the things on the radios where it, it just seems crazy to me sometimes what they can get away with saying. But as low as. Yeah, as like low. all those yeah. You know, yeah. promotional things that they say. Well, I would tell my clients, hey, go to freddymac.com. That's the simplest way to do it. I mean, that's just, that's the secondary market right there. They're, you know, so if you go to Freddie Mac. You can see right on their front page, you just scroll down a little bit, and uh, I believe as today, this morning, it's a 6.92, and what people don't even realize is it says it's 6.92, but right below that, that says, that's with pretty much a point as well. Okay. So really, you know, you're kind of like in the seven and a half, seven point three two five, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Right. You know, but that's a good kind of check and balance. So anytime someone's hearing some false information, I like to kind sure. of hey, here, here's what's that's really probably with yeah. the perfect credit yeah, score. Here's what they really are. Yeah. Of course, yeah, that's perfect credit. You know, that's everything. You know, A yeah. plus borrowers for sure. Yeah. So actually, um, going off of that, what all affects a buyer's interest rate? Obviously. Uh, credit's huge, um, you know, because that, that pretty much tells everything. You know, are you responsible? Are you going right. to pay this back? So credit's like one of the biggest things. Um, another big thing is, you know, that will help a little bit. How much are you putting down? Yeah. You know, are you putting 5% down? You know, are you doing an FHA, 35 You know, FHA will help your rates a little bit. Um, you know, it's a cool little program. Um but essentially, credit's the biggest, and then obviously how much you're putting down. If you're putting down 20%, that'll help a little bit. If you're putting down 25%, um, so stuff like that. Um, but basically, credit's the biggest thing. Credit, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, and then I feel like I had another question, but of course, then it just um, blank. I do want to talk about adjustable rates. Yep. Because um, mm-hmm. actually, I'm not helping them buy the house because they're buying in another part of the state where I don't service. 
Um, they actually called me just for my expertise or just to ask me, you know, I guess they're buying new construction. So <laughs> when they first went under contract in January, the rates, I don't know, we're probably at like 3%, something like that. Mm-hmm. Now they're being quoted like a six, 7%. All of a sudden they can't afford their, you know, payment anymore. Yeah. So the lender's throwing at them the option of an adjustable rate where mm-hmm. they could uh, basically have an adjustable rate at 4% for seven years. And then from there it would change. And I, I told them, you know, I've only done a handful of adjustable rates and it's really more just for investors. So I don't know if we're seeing that more just on the lending side with the typical homeowner or what your thoughts are. I've definitely seen it been brought up a lot more. People were definitely more intrigued and curious about the adjustable rates. Um, However, I haven't had a lot of people really just jump on them because, you know, after you you do want to make sure whatever adjustable rate you're getting you do want to at least either refi or right. plan on selling that house before, before it comes up. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Because when it does adjust, it's going to adjust to the current market. Right. So, like, with that, going back to the two one down, you know, two one uh, buy down program. The cool thing about that is that actually, when you get to that last year, it's going to stay fixed at what it is today. What you yeah. So, on. like, if okay. I if someone were to come at me like now and ask me about it, I would actually just steer them to the two one buy-down program. In my opinion, that's actually pretty nice right now because you'll be fixed at the end of it. Worst case scenario, you know, in three years, if the rates went up and up and up, you're still fixed. You're still going to be fixed at that third year at the seven and you got a good rate the first two years. Whereas an adjustable rate, once you get to that end, you know, if we're in like the tens or something, you know, that's not going to be that great. Right. Or you said, or, or you were saying like, even if in three years when that rate comes up, say the rates are lower than what you had at a fixed rate, you can always refinance. Of course. Refinance is always. Yeah. Are there any pieces to either the adjustable rate or that two on one that they should, I guess not be look out for, but like, make sure like they can make sure that they can, um, refinance, make sure there's no penalties, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Is there anything they should be asking their lenders about? Uh, the biggest thing is, you know, what works best for you and your family? Like, what is this house to you? Like, for instance, like, I feel like arms are great for military people, for instance, because they might move around a lot. You might mm, be on a base, yeah. you know, for only a couple of years, right. and then you got you're going to get shipped somewhere else. The biggest thing is, yeah, just if you're going to do an adjustable rate, they're great, but just make sure that it's going to work for you. And that if this is your forever home, just make sure you're going to refinance you know, before, before it comes up, yeah, before yeah. it comes up, you know, where you're going to have to start paying that higher rate, but there's nothing really too much to worry about there. Um, yeah. yeah. I think people get caught up in the, the arms or the adjustable rate mortgages just because of 2008, but I don't yeah. think lenders were as open about yeah. the terms. People thought, Oh, I got this great rate. And Absolutely. then all of a sudden they realized, wait, why did my rate go up? They right. weren't even yeah. explained that it would adjust. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. back to your point earlier about the market crashing, you know, people thinking about, you know, oh, the market's going to crash again and everything like that. Back in, you know, 2008 when it did, anybody can pretty much just, it was kind of like buying a car. You could go in and just, right. oh, here's right. my income and yep, here's, you know, my score. And they didn't really even double check everything. They're like, you know, they would, but it's nothing like what it right. was now. There's so many more regulations in now to where it's so much more harder to to borrow money. Then yeah. anybody could have borrowed money and that's that was ended up being a massive problem and the huge issue, yeah. which is right. why, you know, people weren't informed of what was going on. People were getting approved that shouldn't have been approved and right. had no business being approved. They're buying multiple homes. And then of course, you know, yeah, then all of a sudden, yeah, people can't make their payments, of course. Right. Whereas like now there's so many more regulations put in place, it's so much harder to borrow money. 
So that's another thing that's going to prevent this market from crashing is all yeah. these regulations. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, we didn't even say this word, but I think a lot of times when people think of crash, they also think of the word foreclosure. I think it's mm-hmm. really important to know that the average homeowner has so much more equity in their yes. home Absolutely. now than they did back right. then. Absolutely. Um, a lot of people have negative, negative equity in their home, which is really what led to the foreclosures. Right. We're not anywhere near that nothing, right now. Nothing yeah. like that's that. Very true. Yeah. Very true. That, that's one of the big factors for okay. sure. Well, cool. Well, was there anything else that you want people to know about the rates or about you or lending right now? Other Don't than- be scared. It's if you can if you can afford. It's always a great time to buy. There's always the option of refinancing. Right. You know, it's yeah, it's nothing to be freaked out about. Even if you know, like I said, and even if that happened in, in six to eight months, if it drops back down, right. you know, it. Why wait till then? Right. You know, because if you do. Now you're going to be in the rat race with everyone else and you're going to be in that competition with everyone else. Whereas you could have just bought now when it's nice, easy, it's kind of calming like right now. And then you can just refinance, you know, in a year or so. Right. And ultimately it's a gamble to wait because that's what they're projected to be. But as we've seen because of COVID, because of the war in Ukraine, it's like so many other factors can happen that affect the global economy, which Mm -hmm. then really then affect interest rates. Absolutely. So that is a, it's a gamble because we don't know like, you know, again, a, another war could happen tomorrow, or you know, it's yeah, just so many absolutely. other factors. That Nobody has a crystal ball. Exactly. So you it's know. like if you can afford it now, I always tell people that same yeah. thing. It's like whenever you can afford it is when you should make it happen. And if yeah. financing changes in the future or rates change, and it's going to be better for you to refinance later, at least you have that option. Versus you may wait and something may drastically change rates, and then you may not be able to buy. And you're like, oh well, absolutely. six months ago I could have. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, buying a house is always a great way to build equity. I mean, it's right. really what gives the middle class power, right? You know, it, it's really what allows the middle class to kind of keep going and keep going and, and leveling up and getting that bigger home, you know, cause you've lived in that first buy, you know, that first, you know, home for five years. And, and I've never, never in my life have I seen homes just depreciating, you know, yeah. over time. Like it's, it's just something that doesn't happen. You know, right. there's only so much land out there. It's not getting made more. You know, right. so there's right. only, yeah. What's that quote? Um, I forgot who it was. It By dirt. By dirt. They're not yeah. making any more of it. Yeah, yep. they're not making any more of it. Exactly. So, true. so yeah. it's never a bad time. You're always going to have a great investment. I mean, unless you were like, you know, in Florida and like bought on a sinkhole. Yeah. You know? it's yeah. Just, that would just be terrible. I feel right. really bad if that ever happened to anybody. Yeah. But yeah. like, you're not going to have right. that. Right. Yeah. Out of that. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Absolutely. This has been a great episode. I've learned yeah. a lot too. That's thank why you guys I was for having to have. me. Of course. Yeah. Well, um, guys, we're going to tag um, Daniel's um, Instagram on here as well. So you guys go follow him. If you do need anybody and you're thinking about buying, please give Daniel a call. He's happy to walk you through all the programs he's mentioning, um, run numbers for you. He works with a lot of my clients. So I already know he's going to do a yeah. great job. So thank you again, Daniel. Yeah, absolutely. We look forward to having you hopefully on another episode yeah. one day. Yeah, yeah. for sure. All, All right. right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys.